0: 6213 The following program is sponsored by Grace Church, Dumfries, Virginia
1: You were made to think big, too big, big.
2: Oh, oh, tomorrow can be.
1: Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
2: Give God a hallelujah, a hand clap, tell him he's worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It's good to see you this morning. On Wednesday, uh, we actually covered all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, on Wednesday, and uh, I think you can probably pull that up on live stream. I'm not 100% sure, but those that missed it. um, Today, we're going to wrap up our series on the uh, gifts of the Spirit uh, by looking at the gift of healing. And we're going to go to a narrative that we uh, were in just a couple years ago, and we uh, only pulled out a few points, but today we're going to enlarge our, our study of this portion of Scripture. 2 Kings uh, chapter 5 and verse 1, as you turn there, I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we are hungry for you. We, we, we need insight. We need uh, inspiration. We, we, we need to understand more than we understand. So Lord, meet us in this moment. Help us dig in. Uh, help our hearts uh, be fed well today because we, uh, our ears are dug out to hear. And we give you all the honor for, for what you accomplished today in this meeting. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Again, Second Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria. Naaman was his nation's top-ranking general. The Bible goes on to say that he was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. This uh, general had great rapport with with his king, with with his boss, if you will. You know, competence is essential uh, in the workplace, but never underestimate the power of chemistry. Your hard skills may get you in the door, but often it's your soft skills, knowing how to get along with people that, that gets you promoted. And this man had great ability, but there was a chemistry. And, and it's vital that we learn to foster chemistry in important relationships. And it says the reason uh, for this this chemistry was this, because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. We see here that uh, the king of Syria was a very result or task-driven, uh, result-oriented type of guy. And, and whoever got the job done was the guy that really had his But I want you to notice this. It says this, because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. Naaman was not a Jew. Like you and like I, God was at work in Naaman's life even before he recognized it or realized it. And what's amazing, again, this man was not part of the covenant people, but God was still working in his life. It goes on, it's a long description about who uh, Naaman was. He wanted to to really describe uh, this man and introduce him properly. It says, he was also a man of valor. He was an exceptionally brave soldier, strong and and loved again by his king and by his nation and people. But then it goes on, and says, but a leper. All of us have a but somewhere in our lives. I have a good job, but... I'm happily married, but I'm over what happened, but some of y'all, I am a Christian, but (laughs) God was about to change this man's butt forever, and God wants to change your butt forever. Verse 2, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. This little girl had lost her land, her her freedom, but she worshipped the God who specialized in working all things together for the good. It says she waited on Naaman's wife. No matter how painful, again, she lost a family, she lost in everything, gone. Demoted to simply a slave. But no matter how painful her situation, she kept it moving. And this is important. Only people who keep climbing ever get to the top. And sometimes when things don't go your way, you just got to keep moving. You just got to keep on walking. You just got to keep going, even though. Situations haven't panned out just the way you'd like or even expect. Then in this situation, she's not embittered, you know, wrapped up and and, and sinking in self-pity. In this situation, in spite of her own circumstances, she had someone else's needs on her mind. Watch what she says. This little girl's amazing. Then she said to her mistress, Mrs. Wonderful, uh, who lived in the suburb. Mrs. Wonderful, who had everything going for her. Mrs. Wonderful, whose husband knew the present. Mrs. Wonderful, who had uh, hundreds of servants. In the middle of her pain, she ministered to a person who would have, you thought, would have had everything. It's amazing, this little girl's heart. And this is what she says If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. How many have heard of Six Degrees of Separation? Not the movie, The, the Idea. Okay. <laughs> well, it's the theory that uh, anyone can be introduced to any other person in the world through a chain of Of just six people or less. Now, I don't know if this theory is generally true. This is not a Bible principle. But but it is something we're all aware of. And somehow in this scripture, it happened to be true here. Notice, number one, Naaman's wife knew a girl who knew a prophet. Already three. The world is much smaller than we think. For he knew that he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, Elisha was one of the few uh, prophets in the Old Testament that operated in a healing ministry. And uh, over time, he earned a very great reputation for for God using him to to heal God's people. Verse 4. And Naaman went and told his master. Now, Naaman became the fourth person, and his master the fifth in the chain. Thus and thus says the little girl who's from the land of Israel, you never know who might hear what you say. I remember when we were in the high school, before we were on radio, television, nobody knew who we were, and I was watching 60 Minutes, which I I almost always do on on Sundays if there's not a football game on, And, and someone actually quoted something I wrote in an article and I was absolutely amazed. Nobody knew who I was, but on 60 Minutes, by the way, he didn't give me any credit for it, but he, <laughs> he stole the lines from an article. And here, here's the point. One well-placed conversation can change everything. Even when nobody knows you, you might think I'm not important, but one well-placed conversation, you might just be six people away from somebody hearing it and lies and even worlds being changed. Verse 5. Then the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to who? The king of Israel. So now a sixth person is engaged. So the whole theory now is in effect. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing, which is basically a king's ransom, a whole lot of wealth. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Again, all this happened because one little girl who was in a very difficult situation who had survived tragedy shared her faith. You have no idea the ripple effect. From you sharing your faith in spite of what you might be feeling at the moment. You see, it's the little things that create the big things. That's really important. You know, the Lord spoke to me this week. He said, and and that's where where that statement comes. He said, Derek, you are just one domino effect away from crushing a lifelong problem in my life. But you got to keep it moving. And and that's the devil, by the way. Verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. This was a do or die now situation for Elisha. Now, the gift of healing would explode in New Testament times. Jesus Christ would take it to a whole new level. Then his disciples would would, would take healing all across the globe. One of the first miracles that uh, actually the first miracle that Peter does uh, after the resurrection is this man at gate, the Gate Beautiful was crippled and, and he by the, the, the name of Jesus he heals. And, and it's just an incredible healing ministry all throughout the book of Acts. But The ministry of the New Testament was established on the foundation of the Old Testament. Let's hear what Moses says. Exodus 15 and 26. He said this. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases which I brought on the Egyptians. Watch this. For I am. Now he is the great I am, right? And every name he puts next to or every description he puts next to I am is describing his very nature and character. He says, for I am the Lord who what? Heals you. So according to the revelation God gave Moses, healing is not just something God does. Healer is who God is. That's important. According to this text, pay attention, this is important. God would have to stop being himself before he stopped healing. How many of you believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? As a matter of fact, we're going to go there in, in a few moments. But, but listen to Peter, Acts 10 and verse 38. He's describing Jesus' ministry to people that weren't familiar. He basically said, Now, you guys uh, have heard about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit that's in us is the very same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus. Now, I am not Jesus. (laughs) You know, dear God, I don't even need to say that. That's, that's, That's very obvious. That's patently clear. But it's the same Holy Spirit on me. And he's in my life in Jesus' name. And because of that, I can expect some of the same things that Jesus accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit, to happen in my life. Not, I'm not, I'm no, you're no, we're not Jesus. But the Father said, that's not a problem for me because I'm asking you to pray in His name. So when we pray in His name, we're praying in Jesus' stead. So it's just like we're Jesus, though we're not Jesus. And if it's the same Holy Spirit of Jesus we can expect some of the same results that Jesus had. Am I in the book? Am I in the book? Am I in the book? All right. is important. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is important. Jesus was not, or the Holy Spirit was not just present in Jesus' life. and Many of us just settle for that. The Holy Spirit was also powerful in Jesus. Did you hear me? He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. So, the presence is awesome. If if it was just his presence, that would be enough. But many of us settle for God's presence. And we leave out the next thing that makes the presence legitimate. Legitimate. Power. Jesus said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and lo, I'm with you always. So he says here, power and with. All power given to you, but I'll be with you. But again, now that's the mouth of Jesus, not the preacher today. That's the mouth of Jesus. And if Jesus put together power and presence, we should in our lives expect there to be both power and what? Presence. Who we went about feeling good. The Holy Spirit is not just a feeling, the Holy Spirit gets things done. Yeah. Who went about doing good and healing all, 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 who were oppressed by the devil. As God is the cause of all life. He's the originator of life. Satan and sin are ultimately the cause of all death and dying. The first man died because Satan tempted Adam and Eve to sin. And through those the the sin and, and Satan, death entered the world. So sometimes God in his wisdom intervenes with various gifts of the Holy Spirit to remind us that God still holds the ultimate power over the grave and everything that hurts and pains us. So God, through His Spirit, still, I I can't always predict when He's going to do it. God's sovereign and the gifts of the Spirit, I can't make them happen. But based on His own judgment and His own wisdom, He wants to remind us every now and then that death and sickness is not the final word, that He is still God. And He gives us a, a hint of the other side of the grave on this side of the grave. Are you still with me? Then it says this, for God was with him. Again, not only in presence, but also in power. Stay with me. You know what makes a great sandwich? It's never just the bread, but the meat in the middle. Okay, Stay with me. Hebrews 13.8, watch this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same Yesterday, one piece of bread. But then it says, and today, this is the peanut butter and jelly in the middle. And then forever is the other piece of bread. Now, a lot of us live life eating what my mom and dad had to eat when they were growing up poor in the Bronx. They called them wish sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah, wish sandwiches. And a wish sandwich is when you eat some bread wishing you had some meat. (laughs) Stay with me. Now most of us go to church every Sunday. They get a slice of what God did in the past. They get a slice of Uh, Of what God's gonna do in the future, but a starving for the meat of what God can do today. And I refuse to be that type of church, that type of pastor, that type of preacher. Back to 2 Kings 5 and 10. I refuse to be that type of Christian. How can I share with the world a God you have to die to meet? He's a very present help in trouble. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. (laughs) 2 Kings 5 and 10. I'll get to preaching and we won't cover everything. We'll come back tonight and we're going to be free. And Elisha sent a message to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. I want you to notice that in the Bible, God typically requires some level of cooperation before his gifts are able to fulfill their ultimate purpose. And this is either on the part of the minister. In the case of Jesus, he was always perfect. Sometimes it didn't even matter a whole lot about the people around him. But, but there were incidences where he said, the Bible said, Jesus could do no great work because of their unbelief. Meaning that it wasn't all on Jesus, though he was the perfect. I mean, he is the anointing. And he was there. But, but still, because of the unbelief in the minds and hearts of the people, he can only do a few miracles, the Bible said here. So th- th- this cooperation is either on the part of the minister Other times the recipient, as in in this case, but also many times both. So if the minister doesn't say it and the person doesn't do it, often we won't see it. That's why certain things I have to preach because if I don't do my part, you can never do your part. And I'm just a little bit too afraid of God to meet him without me doing my part. And you suffering through life because you never heard about your part and, and I never gave you clear directions on what you were to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? So so, I come behind this desk reverently, and, and sometimes in fear and trembling, saying, "Lord, help me say it all, such that when I stand before you, I'm not responsible for anyone else's situation." Matthew twelve and three, I want you to look at this verse with a new lens. Then Jesus said this to the man: "Stretch out your hand." Now Jesus is healing. He's God taking on flesh. God doesn't just heal. He is healing. It's his nature. He can't help but do it. If he touches you, you just, it just happens because it's who he is. Okay. God doesn't have to work up healing. He doesn't have to study to get stuff healed. He, he didn't have to go you know, nine years in med school. He is the stuff. It's his nature. He said to the man, he's healing, but he still had the man cooperate. Stretch out your hand, and then when he stretched it out, only after he did it does it read the following. After he did it, it was restored as whole as what? The other. If you need a miracle in a certain area of your life, find out what God wants you to do in that area of your life. And do it. See, many of us, faith without works is dead. We just kind of believe it. But in this case, Jesus is God taking on flesh. But I bet you if that man, when Jesus says stretch out your hand and that man did not stretch out his hand, he would not have been healed. So if he would not obey God in that area that he needed the healing, it probably would have never happened. How many know that salvation is present for all? But it's not until we obey God and confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts that we're saved. And there are things that that Jesus died to provide that are here for us. But until we obey in that particular area, whether physical, financial, or, or relational, we will not receive what God has promised. This man stretched before he was healed. We give before we receive. We forgive before we pray. This is why it's called faith. 2 Kings 5.11, ESV. But Naaman was angry. The problem was, Naaman was like a lot of us. All he heard was God's command, go and wash. But he missed the promise. Your flesh shall be restored. This is important. The angriest, most bitter Christians you're ever going to meet are those who only focus on the commands and not the promises. Right, 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 right. The commands matter. But all the promises in him are yea and amen, my Bible says. So yes, I want to obey him and I want to do right by him, but there ought to be an expectancy. Expectancy. There ought to be a level of fulfillment of God's promise in my life. Okay, I'm going to step out here and say something. But many of us, we build whole sermons on excuses on why we don't receive anything from God. Instead of taking God at His word and, and simply believing. Faith doesn't come by explaining why you can't get Faith comes by hearing what God said you can have and what Christ did provide. So if I stand here on Sunday and explain all the reasons why many of you aren't going to get better, going to stay stuck in your situation, I have not helped you. I've only become part of the problem. But if I share with you what God said by His stripes, He took the beating on His body, by His wounds, I am healed. If I say what the scripture says in in Psalms 103, it said, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. And then it says, and I I forget none of his benefits. How many know that when you go to a job, one of the first things you look at is the benefit plan?
1: get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.